offer to sing like Rex, but uh, I think it would scare you away more than an angry bear, so I won't do that. <clears throat> but um, I, I appreciate Gary's testimony very much, and, uh, uh, you know, the bottom line is that there was a time in his life that he got honest with God. That's all we want, is people to be honest with God. Um, I'd like to read a familiar passage this evening. It's from John's Gospel, chapter 3. And you probably all know it and probably have heard it lots of times. But I want to read it one more time. And uh, just the first seven verses to begin with this evening. <clears throat> John chapter 3. And if you have Bibles, I'd like you to follow along with me. Because I want you to see that this is not uh, my opinion or what, you know, my kind of ideas. But this is the words of Christ himself. And, and it's important to listen to the Lord Jesus, to, to what he has to say. One thing I can tell you about the Lord Jesus, the Bible tells us about him that there was no guile found in his mouth. He never deceived anybody. So when he spoke, you know that it's the absolute truth. So it says this, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. Why is it so important that you be born again. See, when Jesus says, you must, he's not saying this is a suggestion, right? Something that is a must is essential. If you ever want to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. I find it very interesting in the Bible, there's a great illustration of this need for a second birth. And it's in the early chapters of the book of Genesis, and what we find is that always the firstborn are duds. Now, I can say that. I'm a firstborn, right? So, so I can say that and get away with it. But, but it's true. So you've got Cain and Abel, okay? Well, Cain, what was he like? He was a man that ignored God's instructions and thought he could come to God based on his ideas, right? And so he came with his own ideas to God. And then when God didn't accept his ideas, the, the fact that he'd ignored God's revelation, then he persecuted the ones that did. He's a kind of an example of natural religion. Right? Doesn't, didn't accept God's revelation, but comes up with its own ideas and persecutes anybody who disagrees with it. So we've got Cain and Abel. We've got Esau and Jacob. We usually say Jacob and Esau, but Esau was born first. He was the first that was born. And what was he like? He despised his birthright. He was a profane person. He treated the things of God lightly. On the other hand, Jacob, for all his <laughs> faults, 
loved God and lived a life of faith. Abel was a man of faith. Ishmael and Isaac, firstborn, what was he like? He, he was a nasty man, actually, wasn't he? He says everybody's going to be his enemy. He's, he's a guy that just fights with anybody and everybody. And so all the way through, you see this constant pattern that the firstborn's the duds and the secondborn are always better. Okay? So what we're saying is, you were born at your first birth and you were born wrong. I was too. Right? I have five children. I didn't have to teach my children to do wrong. They, they naturally had a propensity to that. I had to work hard to get them to do the right thing. You see, what they needed is what you need. A second birth. Right? That's why the Lord Jesus says, you must be born again. I want you to read from, with me from 1 Corinthians 15. Because a very interesting passage here. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 45. It says, And so it is written, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam, which is the Lord Jesus, was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterwards that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth earthy, the second man is the Lord from heaven. So we get that same pattern again, right? The first one is natural, the second spiritual. In our first birth, we're born natural. We're of the earth, earthy. And we try and find satisfaction, as Gary tried to do, in the things of the earth. And we find they can't satisfy. So we need a new birth to be born from above, to be born from heaven, to actually change families from being in Adam to being in Christ. And that's the new birth, when you change families. And you change desires. Your desires are heavenly rather than earthly. And it's a wonderful miracle, and it's a miracle that can take place tonight right where you're sitting. That's the most wonderful thing. That's why I love preaching, because I know lives can be changed right there in the seat. And so my question to you is this. It's all the question the Lord Jesus asked. Have you ever been born again? Nicodemus thought about that a lot, actually. He said to the Lord Jesus, well, how can I possibly go back into my mother's womb and be born again? He's thinking naturally, right? But the idea is appealing to him. You see, everybody, the best of us, have got skeletons in our club cupboard, don't we? And Nicodemus, for all the fact he was a Pharisee and a religious man, and he, he knew how to look right spiritually. But inside, what did the Lord Jesus say about the Pharisees? Outside, they were like white-walled sepulchers. Inside, they were full of dead men's bones. You see, his heart, like anybody else's, was deceitful and desperately wicked above all things. And so Nicodemus knew that. And he thought, you know, this idea of a new start, that's pretty appealing. 
wouldn't it be good if I could go back in and start all over? But the problem is, if you go back in and start all over, guess what? You'll be born naturally again, and you'll make the same old mistakes again. See, we need a second birth, but we need a different kind of birth. A birth from heaven, a birth from above that will change us. And as Gary said, give us the ability to live a life of victory over sin because we have a new start and a new power to live differently. And I think it's great that tonight I can say to you, you can have a new start and a new beginning. If you'll be born again. But you must be born again because you will never, ever see the kingdom of God unless you are born again. So eventually, Nicodemus asked the question, how can these things be? How can I be born again? I mean, he gets to the point. Well, tell me how. And at that point, the Lord Jesus starts talking about a word called believe. He repeats it over and over again. He says, if you want to be born again, there's something you must believe. There's a message that you've got to make your own. You've got to own this message and believe this message and depend upon this message. It's what we call the gospel message. And so the Lord Jesus talks about as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, for Nicodemus, a Pharisee, when the Lord Jesus talked about Moses lifting up the serpent in the wilderness, he said, oh, I know where that is. That's Numbers 21. He was a Pharisee. He'd memorized most of the Old Testament. Maybe you're not familiar with that story, but it was a story of sin and rebellion. The children of Israel that we were singing about going around again, right? They were, they were rebellious toward God, and they were filled with ingratitude towards God. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? You know, I, I spend quite a bit of time in third world countries, and I think it's a sin to live in America and complain. I, I really do, but I hear it all the time. The weather... I mean, we, we complain about all kinds of things. The food. I mean, we waste more food than most nations eat. And yet we're complaining about it. We're just like the children of Israel. And because of that, God sent a judgment because they were, they were complaining against him and his leadership. And so he sent serpents to bite them. And they were dying. And so all of a sudden they, they came and they said, Moses, do something. So Moses talked to God and God says, okay, well, you just get a pole and you make a serpent of brass and put it on the pole and you lift it up and say, whoever looks at the uplifted serpent, he will live. And there were people that rationalized and said, that's too simple. You know, that's not going to work. And so what happened to them? They died. (laughs) And there were others that in faith simply looked And as they looked, they lived. Then he says, well, just as Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And the Lord Jesus was hoisted on a cruel cross and suspended between heaven and earth. 
And what they're saying is, you're not fit for earth and you're not fit for heaven. But he was the spotless son of God. And he died on that cross to pay for your sin debt. And he says, whosoever believes on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You want to be born again? You've got to look to Christ alone and his work on the cross for your salvation. Has there ever been a time when you have trusted only in what Christ has done on the cross for your salvation? Can I say this? That if you're not born again, there'll be a time when you will wish you'd never been born at all. Because the Lord Jesus talked about a place called hell. And he wouldn't deceive us because he can't lie. And he doesn't want people to go there. That's why he endured the cross so that you don't have to go to a place called hell. But unless you're born again, you will not see the kingdom of God and you will perish in a place called hell. And so, the message is really simple tonight. You, whoever you are, must. This is the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. Can I tell you, a hundred years from now, it doesn't matter which baseball team you supported. It doesn't matter what kind of car you drive. It doesn't matter what kind of job you have. The only thing that will matter a hundred years from now is what you did with Jesus Christ. Did you accept him as your Savior? Did you trust in him? You know, a hundred years from now, you'll be so thrilled that you trusted Christ as your Savior. On the other hand, a hundred years from now, you know what will happen? If you don't trust Christ, you will be in a place called the Lake of Fire. And what the Bible tells me is you'll be able to remember this message. You'll be able to remember that there was an opportunity for you to be born again. And you didn't do anything about it. And to do nothing about it is to make a decision. Can I plead with you tonight on the basis of the Word of God to do something about your eternal destiny? And the only thing you can do is trust in what somebody else has done, the Lord Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, I'm the sinner you died to save. Save me. I was born on the 15th of July, 1960. And I was born wrong. I was a rebel and a sinner and a horrible person. And not one of you would have ever wanted to listen to me. But on the 16th of June, 1981, in my own bedroom... I knelt at the side of my bed and I said, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for a rebel like me. I trust in you as my Savior. And that night, I passed from death to life. That night, I became born again. And things that I had said I could never give up, never leave behind. I used to drink a beer called Sam Smith's Old Brewery Bitter. And I used to say I could never give it up for anyone. And I had tried. But I was addicted to it. When I got saved, that desire went. And I wanted to go to meetings and hear the word of God and be with the saints of God. That was a miracle. It's called the new birth. 
It's a wonderful miracle. I want that miracle for your life. But you have to say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need you to be my Savior. Save me tonight. Whosoever. That's a wonderful word, isn't it? No matter who you are, what your background is, how bad you've been, whosoever believes on him, the Lord Jesus, the only Savior, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Can I tell you something? The Christian life is not just pie in the sky when you die. It's steak on the plate while you wait. It's the best life there is. You know, what I did before, and all the things like Gary that I thought were cool and all the rest of it, they don't have any appeal anymore. If they were that good, I would have gone back to them. But I have something more wonderful, a relationship with the creator of the universe. That's a tremendous thing. You're there thinking, oh, I don't know about this religious stuff. I don't know about this Christian stuff. Listen, I urge you, taste and see that the Lord is good. Tonight, say, yes, Lord Jesus, I want to be saved. And you'll never be sorry that you were sorry about your sin and you trusted Jesus to be your Savior. hundred years from now, you'll be delighted that at this particular location, the amphitheater here in this beautiful place, you trusted Christ as your Savior. hundred years from now, you'll be elated in heaven, in such a place of bliss and blessing, and you'll say, wow, isn't this amazing? Just because I believe that message, here I am. Or could I say a hundred years from now, there'll be a worm eating away at you in your memory that you heard that you could be born again and you did nothing about it. I don't really know what else to say except I'm pleading with you tonight. Don't be indifferent. Do something about Christ. Talk to any of us that are Christians. We'll tell you it was the best thing that ever happened to us. I have a beautiful wife, and she will admit that, that, that she's second place. She's, she's a wonderful person. I'm so glad that she's my wife, but the best thing that ever happened to me was Jesus. Second best thing that ever happened was my wife. <laughs> but the best thing was Jesus. And that's what we want for you. We want you to know him. And to know him is life abundant. It really is. So, so I don't know what else to say except please, don't leave here tonight unsure about your eternal destiny. You can know that you know that you know that you're saved before you leave this amphitheater if you'll trust in the Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we would ask tonight, just as in this story of Nicodemus, how it says that the wind, speaking of the Holy Spirit, moves. That tonight the Spirit of God would be convicting some individual that they have never, ever been born again. And that they need to, tonight, urgently, to trust in the Lord Jesus. Father, don't leave them alone. Cause them to be miserable until they find that peace and joy that comes from believing in the Lord Jesus as their personal Savior. Father, we again would pray for those of us that are saved, that we might rejoice again at the tremendous thing that happened that day that we put our trust in the Lord Jesus.
Father, work in our midst tonight, we pray. Not for our sakes, not even for the sakes of the individuals that are hanging over a lost eternity, wrath of God abiding on them, but for the sake of the Lord Jesus who loved them and gave himself for them. We ask it in his worthy name. Amen. Okay, this meeting is dismissed, but if you'd like to talk, I'd be glad to uh, hang around here or or some of the others. I'm sure Rex would be glad, some of the committee. So uh, again, it's dismissed. You you can leave, but if you want to talk, please do so. Uh, We won't bite. We just want to share with you that how you can come to a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you.